Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Finding Freedom podcast. Today, for episode 56, we're going to be talking about creating a Christ-centered home. This is a topic I'm so excited for because I feel like Tim and I have gotten to a place where I feel confident in this. I feel like, not that we have it all together, because trust me, we do not, but I feel like we have established a home that is founded and centered on Christ. And it's one of the things I'm passionate about. If you know me at all, you know that I'm all about helping women put Christ at the center so that he can filter through everything that they're doing in their lives to include motherhood, their marriage, their jobs, their home, all the things. I want Christ to be at the center of all that I do. And I'm really passionate about teaching women the same thing. So this topic just really excites me. Um, So we're going to dive right in. The The first thing I want to talk about is what a Christ-centered home is. So a Christ-centered home is a place where the people, the the family that's living inside of the home are focused on God. We're living under the shadow of God being present with us. It's as if he is walking through the rooms with us. He's going through the motions of the everyday, day-to-day life alongside of us. And he is just here all the time. And not just, I mean... I know that he's not here in a physical sense, so you have to kind of like pretend like he is, but God is always with us, right? He's always walking beside us in all that we're doing. And so I feel like a Christ-centered home starts when you start to really think like God is in this room, he's in this moment with me. How can I honor him in what I'm doing? Whether it's the dishes, the laundry, changing a poopy diaper, um, having a, an argument or doing schoolwork or getting ready for the day. Like how, how can I be sure that what I'm doing right now is glorifying God in some way or honoring him in some way or being obedient to him in some way. So I want you to think of it as God being kind of the unseen guest at the dinner table or in the bathroom or in the kitchen, not in the bathroom. That's kind of weird, <laughs> but God is in each moment in your home with you. What a Christ-centered home is not is a set of religious rules and regulations and government within the home. It's not about what you have to do. It's about what you get to do because Christ is at the center. It's about your heart behind the things that you do because you want to bring honor and glory to God in what you're doing. And so the verse that I want to use for today's episode is my favorite verse. If you know me at all and you've ever heard me speak at any event, I almost always talk about this verse because it was a life-changing verse for me. This is my life verse, and it's Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man whose house is built on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So this verse is talking about putting the center of your life, your home in this case, as we're talking about a Christ-centered home, on a foundation of rock, which is God. He is the rock of our lives. Uh, The rock won't move and his word is strong. (laughs) Very first worship song that I ever heard walking into a church service, by the way, and one of my favorites still to this day, but a foundation of rock that God is 
it, he's, he is. He's the foundation on the bottom and then you build your house on top of it. And when you do that, it doesn't fall down, right? Because it's a sturdy, firm foundation. Everything that builds up against it. Like think of building Legos with your kids or blocks with your kids. If you try to do it on carpet or sand, you can get like two maybe stacked or maybe three and then it falls over. But if you put it on a hard surface, on rock, flat, hard surface, you can build it up and build it up and build it up and it gets to be this tall, strong tower. You can't do that if you're building it on sand or carpet or something that's unsturdy, right? And so having this Christ-centered home is really about listening to God's word, reading God's word, and applying his word to your life and living it out so that you can continue to build upon that foundation of him because he's at the center of it. When you're listening to the word and you're reading the word, but you're not doing it, then you're just being a hearer. James 1.22, be doers of the word, not just hearers. You have to be doing the things that God is asking you to do. And so when the rain comes, you have that foundation. When life gets hard, you have that foundation that is built on Christ. And in turn, you can stand those, you could withstand those storms, right? And so how do we create a Christ-centered home? So I feel like I'm going way off of my notes, way off on a tangent here. So like I stated above, you go about your day and you act as if Jesus is right there beside you. He's in the room with you. Think about different situations that you've been in, even right now as you're listening to this or watching this. Would you act differently or would you have acted differently if Jesus was in the room right next to you? The last time that you disciplined their kids, the last time that you had an argument with your spouse, the last time that you talked with your friend on the phone, if Jesus was right there with you, would you have done it differently? And that's a question that you have to reflect on. And if the answer is yes, then that means that you have work to do. And we all have work to do. I'm not saying that I can answer those questions and say, yep, honored God every time because I'm also not perfect. But what I can tell you is that as you do that reflection, you get to kind of experience like, oh, maybe I do need to, to fix that a little bit. Maybe I do need to work on that a little bit. And so how can you create a Christ-centered home? Ask yourself if you would act differently if God was in the room with you. And then number two is be an example of fruits of the Spirit. So the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and are you, are, you ex are you exhibiting those? Are you living those out every day in what you're doing? So love, are you loving and serving those in your family well? Joy, are you having fun and doing things together that make everybody smile? Peace, are you setting boundaries with one another and keeping the peace? Patience, are you showing patience with one another? Because we all know that living in a house with anybody, you're going to have frustrations or people. That's how it is. Um... Kindness. Are you kind to one another? Do you struggle with kindness? Do your kids struggle with kindness? I know that I do and I know that my kids do. Gentleness. Are you gentle with the words that you speak? Another one that we struggle with here. Faithfulness. How are you and your family practicing your faith and dedicating yourselves to God? Not just as individuals, but together as well. And then self-control. How are you responding in frustrating situations? Are you reacting quickly and in anger or are you taking a minute, calming yourself down, and then reacting in, in different ways. And so that's one way that you can help to create a Christ-centered home is really keep the fruits of the Spirit at the forefront of your mind. So you have God in the room, you have the fruits of the Spirit, and you're like, okay, I got to check myself. Am I acting a certain way that would dishonor God? Am I living out the fruits of the Spirit? Are we living those things out together? The third thing is to pray regularly. As you start your day, pray. 
Thank you, God, for this new day and this new chance. Please be with us throughout this day. You could say that individually, say that with your with your family, with your kids, with your husband. Pray as you're eating each meal. Thank God for the food that he's giving you. Pray before bed. Those are kind of the basics, right? The three things that, you know, the three times that you pray maybe before and after your quiet time. So we hit the basics. But what about prayer for guidance when tensions rise, when your kids are fighting and you want to yell at them? I'm not talking about anybody. <laughs> but your tensions are rising. You feel yourself kind of boiling over and you want to yell and you want to get upset. Pause and ask and pray and ask God to help guide you through that situation. Or maybe you're praying for peace when there's chaos all around and you feel stressed out and overwhelmed with all you have to do. You stop and ask God, please give me peace. God, please help my mind to calm down and focus on the next task that I have to worry about, not about all the tasks. Pray for patience when things are not going the way that you're expecting. God, I did not see that conversation going the way that it did, and I need to I need your help in in fixing it. Help me to make my wrong right or whatever it might be. So you're asking God regularly, you're you're talking to him regularly as if he's there in the house with you. Again, he's walking through each moment with you. Are you talking to him? If your family member or your best friend was over visiting, you wouldn't just leave her on the couch and just like, okay, well, just sit there all day and you do your thing and I'm going to do my thing. You would, she'd be a part of it with you and you would vent to her and you would ask her for advice and you would talk to her about the things going on in your day. And God is that person. He's always there with us. And so part of building a Christ-centered home is really turning to him in all of the moments, the good and the bad, and living those moments with him and helping your family to do the same. And then my next tip is getting in the word as a family. And this is the most important one for creating a Christ-centered home. We, If we want God to be at the center, we have to realize that he's always there. But then we also need to build ourselves up in him, right? And so family Bible time is one of the ways that we've done it here as a family. And again, I don't ever want these podcast episodes or these videos to feel like I'm just like, we're the perfect family and we just got it figured out. We fail regularly, and as, as I was typing up this episode, I went to our family Bible, and I was looking through some notes and stuff, and my husband was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to talk about our family Bible time at the dinner table and how we do that and, you know, share that as a part of, you know, creating a Christ-centered home, and he's like, we really need to get back to that. So I just say that to be, to be open and real that, like, it's not perfect, and it's not going to be an everyday thing, and you're going to fall off the wagon with it. Um but it's a way to really grow together. And so one of the things that we do that we are going to be getting back at now is family Bible time at dinner. So we eat dinner and the first person done goes and grabs the family Bible. It's usually Tim and I because our kids take forever to eat. And we pick a topic. So sometimes the topic is just something that that person wants to learn about. And sometimes it's a topic of something that we've been struggling with lately as a family. Or we know that individuals in the family are struggling with it. And we don't ever call it out and say, you've been struggling with blah, blah, blah. And because of that, we're studying this this week because the Bible tells us that like we don't get all legalistic about it. But we just think like, okay, we've really had an issue this week with revenge. There's been a lot of like, I need to hit him because he hit me or I need to yell at him or call him a name because he called me a name. And so then we say, okay, we're going to read about revenge this week. And so you go to the back of your Bible, our family Bible has a concordance, and you just look for that topic of revenge or the word revenge, and it'll list out scriptures for you. Or if you don't have that in your Bible, you can Google it, and it'll list out scriptures for you regarding that topic. And then you can go through each night, 
for the next week, however many, you know, sometimes it has two or three scriptures, sometimes it has 10, whatever. But you just pick one of the scriptures and it'll say like revenge and then it'll say must be left to God. And then it'll tell you, go to Genesis 34 verses 30 through 31. I wrote that in my notes because that was one of the topics that we've done. So revenge must be left to God. And then you go read that in Genesis 34 and we read all of Genesis 34, not just the two verses it is. And then we kind of go through and ask questions. And if there's words that we think our kids won't understand, you know, they're seven, five, and three, so they may not understand it. We'll stop. We break it down for them. We explain it to them. We'll ask them questions along the way to make sure that they're listening. Even with our littlest one, um, we'll ask him a question. Anytime that there's something, the answer is Jesus, we'll say, Luke, who died on the cross for our sins? And then he'll know that his answer is always going to be Jesus because he's three. He doesn't understand, but he's learning that Jesus, all the things that Jesus did. So if we ask him a question, we, he knows his answer is Jesus, but that then helps his little brain say, oh, Jesus died for my sins. Oh, Jesus, so, like, seeked and saved the lost. Oh, and then, you know, it kind of helps him to start to understand those things. And it's also super cute. Anyways, that's a whole different tangent. Um, but you go in, and so we would read all of Genesis 34, and then we would ask the kids what the certain words mean, what the text is saying, what it's not saying, how we can apply it to their lives, if they feel like it's something they've been struggling with lately, because again, we're not like, we're reading on revenge because you've been vengeful. We're just reading on revenge because that's the word that we picked, and they usually will feel a little bit of that um, that struggle, like they feel convicted. And then they get to talk about it and then we get to pray about it and then we get to grow together in that. And Tim and I also pick topics of areas that we've been struggling with. Maybe it's been anger or patience or busyness. And so we pick topics not just for our kids to be taught, but for us also to come together and challenge one another. And then at the end of it, we ask, how are you going to apply this to your life this week? How are you going to live this out? Because we want to be doers of the word, not just hearers. How are you going to live this out and, and apply it in your life throughout the rest of this week. And then each of us come up with a tangible application. When my brother gets, when my brother upsets me, I'm going to walk away. When somebody says something mean, I'm not going to say anything. Like, and they just come up with that. And they usually can do that kind of stuff on their own. And sometimes the littlest ones will copy the bigger one. That's okay. We're in the word together. And then we pray together about it. We pray for God to help us and to guide us and to, to stir in our hearts in those moments and, it's powerful. It's so powerful. And I hate that we've gotten away from it. But like I said, this podcast, sometimes when you guys give episode ideas, it is something that I needed to hear. And so as I created and studied the notes for this, I was also convicted and like, man, yeah, I do Bible time with our kids and we pray and like we do those things for school and stuff, but we need to get back to family Bible time. And so I thank you guys for, for the suggestions for these episodes. Um, but yeah, Creating a Christ-centered home starts with putting Christ first, acting or living your life as if he's right by your side every step of the way, because he is, living out the fruits of the Spirit, praying together, and getting in the Word together. Those are the basics of it. If you can do those five things, he's there. He's in it with you, and it feels different. You can feel when you start to kind of like dwindle away from God and kind of like you know, you have your individual devotion or quiet time with God and your kids might, and your husband might, but when you do it together, first of all, the enemy hates it and it, it, but it, but it unites you and it brings you together in Christ so that you can 
be what God created your family to be. Our first mission, our first ministry is here at home. And I get emotional when I talk about it. But like, this is important. We have so much noise on the outside. So many things that that is pulling at our attention. And God wants us to go do all the, or not God, but the devil wants to pull our 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 hearts and our minds away and get us to do all these other things when right here in our home, this is the foundation that we're setting right here. This with our family, this, if you can get this right, everything else outside of those of your walls, you're going to be unstoppable in because you have Christ at the center. He's centered on your home and your family. And from there you get to go do great things for other people and for God. That's where it starts. though, is at home it starts with you and your own time with him then your family, because that's the first mission field that God has given you, and then everything else, then everything else. If you can't get those two things right, don't even try to go do the rest of it, because it won't, it won't work, because God needs you and your family to be the most important focuses for growing a relationship with him. So I hope this episode was helpful for you today. I hope that you took something away from it, as always. I hope that you'll apply something to your life. I would love to know in the comments or in the reviews or whatever, what stood out to you most. I would love to know if you have questions about any of it. You can always send me a message, comment, email, whatever it might be. Make sure that you like this. Make sure that you subscribe. Make sure you do all the things that you need to do to help get the word out to other people about this topic. And also to just show me that you like topics like this, so that I can start to create more of that for you. I am so grateful to get to do this every day. This is just such a joy for me to get topics and then study them myself, get the conviction and then teach it to somebody else because that's what this is about. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you for watching. I hope you have a fantastic day and I will see you next time. Bye guys.